Welcome to another episode of Hangtime Junior. Uh, I'm Will Posnan, and I'm going to do what I always do with this podcast, which is go through what the entire NBA world is wrong about, and also other stuff that everybody's wrong. This podcast, we're going to bring in the new year by just focusing on what the world is wrong about. Um... Well, let's start with, uh, hmm, I guess, I mean, there's some things that everybody knows now, like that the Nets are going to be good, that, okay, what, you know, it's one thing that I think is, uh, that everybody's wrong about. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. I think that the Pacers are starting fast. I don't think they're going to stay that. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think the Indiana Pacers are going to be a playoff team. Um, okay. Because here's the thing. Uh, well, they'll be a play-in tournament team. But I don't... I think they're going to get either the 7, 8, 9 seed in the play-in. And they're going to get upset by a team that they think they're going to beat. I mean, everybody knows... Everybody knows the Magic's not for real, Right. Like, if you were to hypothetically go on Bovada Sportsbook, can you short people on there? I wonder, but I should find out. But I would definitely go on there and short the Orlando Magic. I don't know what their playoff odds are now. Is Are they the last unbeaten team? No, the Magic and the Hawks are the last two unbeaten teams. There's a rule in the NBA that you can't go into 2020 unbeaten Unless you're probably missing the playoffs. Now, I think the Hawks are going to make the playoffs. But that's good. You know what? I'm like a... I did a 180 on Trey Young, man. I was anti-Trey Young. I said Lonzo was better than Trey Young. I didn't... I wasn't anti-Trey Young. I was pro-Lonzo. I did say Lonzo was better than Trey Young. I think they're similar in that if you build the offense around them perfectly, then... They are the engine of a championship caliber offense. I don't think that they're necessarily the best player. And I think Trey, like, they're the best player on a championship caliber offense. Um, I think a lot of people would think that Trey is capable of that more so than Lonzo. But I think both of them, they got to be the engine. Somebody else has to be the best player. I've, I, I mean, in the back of my mind, I kind of was hoping that the 76ers would implode just because I think that Embiid and Trey are made for each other. Like, just made for each other. And I think that Joel Embiid would be the face of Atlanta sports for the next 20 years if he spent 10 years with the Hawks. Like, if Joel Embiid could play... Like, let's say... The Sixers had a bad season, which now it looks like they're not going to. Unfortunately for Trey Young, because he'll never be with his basketball soulmate, Joel Embiid. But if the Sixers had a bad season, and then they either traded Simmons for Trey Young straight up, which probably the Hawks wouldn't do, or they traded Embiid for everything the Hawks had, you know, Collins, Hunter, Reddish, draft picks, everything. I think Embiid and Trey Young are made for each other. They're never going to get to play together, I don't think, now. Um, but I digress from the original point, which is that 
that would be an example of a, cha a championship caliber offense. Embiid is the best player. Trey Young is a close second. And I think you could do the same thing with Lonzo. I actually think Lonzo is in the perfect situation for him to just mature with Ingram and Zion. I think it's a good situation. Okay. But back to what the whole league is wrong about. The Magic, everybody knows that they're not for real. Teams are going to figure some stuff out. Like, anybody who thinks that this start is for the Wizards is... What's the word? Like, uh... <laughs> foreshadowing what's actually going to happen for them. I think, well, okay. The Wizards need a rim protector, again, for like the 12th year in a row. It's so frustrating. It's like the Wizards insist on having minus level rim protection in every lineup they have, basically, which is frustrating. But I think that the Wizards in the East are going to turn things around. I think they could you know, go 4-0 and over the next four games or 6-4 and over the next 10 and be right there with anybody in the East. Um, I think they're going to figure some stuff out. I actually think Westbrook and Beal make a lot of sense together, and that's going to work ultimately. Um, but, yeah, I'm not... No faith in the magic. But now back to the Pacers, because that's the controversial one. So the Pacers... Uh, they've, they've looked good in their first four games. So they had win against the Knicks. Okay. Win against the Bulls. Okay. Win against the Celtics, which people, and two, wait, no, they went against the Celtics and lost against the Celtics. And people got to remember that the Celtics are without Kemba Walker and they, uh, are not. Like, they're just not playing great. Like, they're kind of just leaning on talent. And right now, like, only Tatum and Brown have started the season that strong. And and Thompson's been playing okay. But, like, guys like Grant Williams and, uh, and Marcus Smart, really those two I think are going to play a lot better once they get their legs under them, because I, you know, they've been missing shots, whatever, whatever. Uh, so where's that last Pacers win come? Oh, no, the Pacers are 3-1. and one. Okay, so, and the Pacers and the Celtics split, and I think that the Celtics actually uh, looked better than the Pacers both those times. And I think that, yeah, I've heard people say, oh, the Pacers, people counting out the Pacers. No. Sabonis looks great. Oladipo looks great, but that's... Okay, now I'm talking myself into it. I just think the Pacers are top-heavy. I don't think that they're... I mean, I guess their bench has Turner on it. He's solid. Yeah, I just... I mean, I haven't been impressed with how they've played. I mean, they've beaten two bad teams in New York and Chicago. Um... They beat the Celtics kind of at the buzzer, basically. I think Tatum missed a shot at the buzzer. I mean, Warren's solid. It's not that the Pacers... 
Yeah, I just, okay. I'm trying to figure out how I feel about this. I just think other teams have the capacity. Like, the Pacers came out the gate kind of coached up, playing in sync. Did Oladipo, what happened to Oladipo? He didn't play against the Celtics the first time. And did he play against them the second time? Okay, so they're just doing, like, the minutes thing. And the, and the Pacers still have McDermott and stuff. I just... I think that the Pacers don't have as far as like as much to room to get better as a lot of the other teams in the East. Like, I mean, the Hawks somehow got a lot better during the off season. Yeah, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, okay, so the East, you can pencil into the playoffs. The Sixers, the Nets, the Celtics are going to find a way to get there. The Bucks are going to be a playoff team. Um, and then, okay, so Sixers, Nets, Bucks are going to be a playoff team. Um, Celtics are going to be a playoff team. That's four teams. And then it becomes, who do you trust for those next two spots to not be in the play-in tournament? And I trust the Hawks more than the Pacers. And and I watched, I mean, I watched the Pacers beat up on the Knicks and the Bulls, and I watched the clips from the Celtics thing. And I just went like, this team's better coached than the Knicks and the Bulls, but and it's not like they don't have talent. It's not that. But I trust, I definitely, I mean, I just trust the Heat to pass them. And then I think I trust. The, I mean, the Raptors have started very slow, but that's, I mean, I think that team's going to get a lot better. I think the Raptors are going to get a lot better. Like, they they have, they're 0-3, but they've played bad. And those, you know, they have room to get back. And then I trust the Wizards, too. Like, the Wizards have lost a couple of close games. They shouldn't be 0-4. They should be 2-2 two and two or something like that. It's more representative of where they're at. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to hear about how great the Pacers are and how people disrespected the Pacers by not considering them. I mean, A, it's too early in the season, but also watching the Pacers, like, they beat up on the Bulls and the, and the Knicks, and they're worse than the Celtics just because their record is better. They're definitely worse, especially when you factor that Kemba is out. And... I think that if you're saying that Sabonis is going to be their best player all season, I don't think he's as good as the best player on the Hawks. I don't think he's as good as the best player. I mean, I know he's not as good as the best player on the Sixers. I know he's not as good as the best player on the Nets. I know he's not as good as the best player on the Celtics. I know he's not as good as the best player on the Bucks. I know that when Jimmy's back, he's not as good as the best player on the Heat. Uh, I think he's on par with Pascal Siakam, and I know he's not as good as Bradley Beal. So, and I know that it's not just the best player. And I think of that if the Pacers are really good this year, I think it'll be because Malcolm Brogdon is like a fringe MV, uh, all-star game candidate. But I just don't, I think that the Pacers, they, they're like diligent and they're serious and they come out every season not making mistakes when other teams are still rusty, but I just don't think 
that they have it's like they have some guys but like everybody they have is solid i just don't think they're gonna get that much better over the course of the season where you know when i'm watching the bucks and i'm watching uh like the raptors and the wizards i'm like these teams are gonna get a lot better or the heat like these teams are playing bad now they're gonna get a lot better and that is why the next prediction I would say is I would bet – I would go on Bovada and I would bet on – I think I'd bet on the Bucks to win the East. Like if push came, comes to shove, I don't think the Nets are going to push themselves too hard because they're all playing on – it's like the Nets are going to load manage but not by taking games off but by taking situations off. Like – I mean, people saw the meme online of, like, Kevin Durant sitting out a game against the Grizzlies, and it's, like, Grayson Allen and something about the ACL warrior, you know, ACL hunter or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think that kind of stuff, there's some legitimacy to. Not the Grayson Allen slander. I mean, there might be some legit. I don't know. There's definitely a kind of player that is not going to like Grayson Allen. But more importantly, I think that the Nets are not playing for the one seed. I think they want to be the two or the three seed because in the East, it kind of doesn't matter. Like, you want to be one, two, or three because you don't want to be in the four, five game because that's the only round one game that you might lose if you're a higher you know like the four could lose to the five in the east but the one two and three aren't losing to the six seven and eight there's kind of too much of a talent gap so but then you know the one seed could lose to the four seed in the east and the two seed could lose to three seed so really in the east you just want to be one two or three if you're a team like the nets or the bucks but that the difference is that i think that the bucks are going to have to really play closer to full speed to get the pieces to fit. Because right now, Drew, Chris, and Giannis, it's not like a perfect fit. They're going to have to make a trade too because like, they still don't know what they want to do. They still don't know what their best lineup is. To me, it's going super small. Which is, that's another thing that... I'm not hearing anyone say that. It's like, to me, that's the move. I don't understand it. I mean, they beat up on the Heat the other night, but who cares? Jimmy Butler wasn't playing in that game, and Tyler Hero only had 23. So, you know, come the playoffs, he's getting 47 a night, so it'll look different. I'm joking. But, yeah, I think that the Bucks' best lineup is to go very small. You, you know, you put... Giannis at center, Middleton at power forward. You know, Middleton's one of the forwards. The other forward, I mean, this is when, this is maybe when I out myself as a crazy person. I think DJ Wilson's look good for them. I watched them a couple times against the Celtics and against one other team. I didn't watch the Heat game, but like, I think DJ Wilson is going to end the year if not starting, playing 20, 
25 minutes a night for them. Okay. Aside from the DJ Wilson love. Giannis at center. Let's say Middleton at power forward and a guy they haven't traded for yet at small forward or vice versa. Milden at small forward. Guy they haven't traded for yet at power forward. And then DJ Augustine and Bryn Forbes. I think they go super small. I think that's their... That's their end game. I think that, you know what would be awesome? It would be awesome if Blake Griffin got bought out and could be put on this team. Um, but barring that, they just need, I mean, they could do this lineup with Brooke Lopez, and that's probably what they'll end up doing. But I think that it's important for them to be small and fast. And I think that it's important also for Giannis to be the rim protector because that's the other thing that I've noticed watching them is when Giannis is at, is at center, it works better, not just because of his shooting or lack thereof compared to other guys, but because he's by far, by far, by far the best rim protector on this team. That's why that's their best lineup. Like, Brooke Lopez, he's, he's a solid. He's not below average, but like... Great drivers can can drive around him, can dunk over him, can draw fouls from him. And, you know, he he's just not, his feet are not as quick as Giannis is, which is no slander on him. I mean, this is what, this is what Giannis needs to be in the playoffs, is the center of a crunch time lineup. And you can play Brook Lopez at power forward maybe because his shooting's so good, but he's kind of slow for a power forward. Like, kind of almost unplayably slow for a power forward. You know? Maybe they trade for James Harden. No, it's not going to happen. It's funny, though, because just like how Trey Young and Embiid are basketball soulmates, Harden and Giannis actually are. And, uh, you know, they... But they're soulmates like when Harry met Sally. So we need to create a whole situational romantic comedy so those two can finally find each other and all can be right in the world but that's not going to happen so now to the next thing that everybody is wrong about um i don't know man i mean i think people are i think people are with the hornets there's nothing because it's if we really are going to dive into the Hornets, I think it gets depressing. I don't even really want to talk about them. It's just a... Uh, I mean, really, the thing that's depressing... Okay, there's a risk... Okay, remember when we talked about Trey Young and Lonzo? LaMelo has to have the the whole team built around him or it has no chance of working. And even if you build the whole team around him, you might be a second round of the playoffs team. Like, LaMelo might be one of those guys. Maybe, I mean, I don't see how any of it could change. Like, you know, who is, who is one of those guys? I mean, Antoine Walker, Nick Van Axel... There's, there's always been guys like that. 
where you had to build every single thing around their skill set. <coughs> Yao Ming. Yeah, maybe Lamel is the new Yao Ming. I don't know. I bet you he kind of is. I bet you he gets tons of All-Star Game votes, puts up fun stat lines, has great moments, and you just... That's that. I think Lamelo's the new Yao. Can I... Can that be a TV show on uh, HBO? Lamelo is the new Yao? <laughs> I don't even know what that would be. It's pretty stupid. But... I don't know. So, it frustrates me a little to watch the Hornets because I don't even know what what could be built. Okay, so I think the one thing they need is faster centers because with LaMelo, you're going to be running up and down. Like, they kind of need fast, a little bit undersized center. You know who they should trade for is Grant Williams. He would actually be a great fit on this team. Uh, but maybe P.J. Washington can just be that guy. I don't think he he can play center. I don't know. Um, let's let's go to another team. I get depressed thinking about LaMelo because just like Yao, it's like you get this the fun highlights that only, only they can do, like the hyper-specific stuff. But you just know that they – is it too early? Game four of his career, and I'm already putting the ceiling on LaMelo. You know what? Shame on me for this one. I'm going to retract this one. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's go to the West. I don't want to... I hate saying bad stuff about rookies. I just feel it in my bones, though, that LaMelo is this kind of a guy. But you know what? I would so love to be wrong. I would love for LaMelo to win three championships. Oh, okay. The Spurs aren't for real. Uh, that's the next thing. That if you can go on Bavada and short the Spurs, short the Spurs because they're uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean, they they are maximizing their talent, and that's exciting. That's great. They're maximizing the talent on the roster, but. Okay, so first problem, outside of Aldridge, who can play center for them? So I would say, I mean, they would say Pirtle. I would say no one. Also, I think that, I mean, I don't know. People love Keldon Johnson. That's fun. He's solid. Lonnie Walker. The these guys are a year early. They're solid now. They're gonna be good next year. But even so, yeah, I think that they have a lot of the same problems the Pacers have. They just don't have the room to get better throughout the season. I mean, I think that uh Vassell will get better. I think that Johnson and Lonnie Walker will get but I mean, by the way, I was you know, I was talking about Keldon Johnson last year. Like, I knew Keldon Johnson's going to be just a guy who, like, next year is the Keldon Johnson year. Some people think it's this year. 
This year, it's a year early. Next year is going to be the great Keldon Johnson year. And I mean, not the first, you know, the first of many. Uh, but yeah, I think that DeRozan and Aldridge slow down. I don't, yeah, I just don't think the Spurs are can make the playoffs in the West. Um, but I've heard on podcasts people be like, apologies to the Spurs for counting them out. No, oh, let's talk about this because it's a positive thing. Nobody is apologizing to the Timberwolves. And I understand because the last two games they've been without Cat and they lost the last two games. The Timberwolves are going to be good. The Timberwolves are going to be good. And people are also already writing off the Warriors and, you know, basically insinuating that Andrew Wiggins is the worst player in the history of the NBA. I think the Warriors have room to get better. The Timberwolves are going to be good. If you can go on Bavada and bet on the Timberwolves to make the playoffs, I think they're a playoff team. I I think they're a playoff team that can beat anybody in the first round. I really like the Timberwolves. I think that with Rubio running the show, then you got D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley as shooting options, and obviously Towns as a shooting option. And then, uh, you know, maybe Anthony Edwards by the end of the season as your other wing. Like, I just think that lineup can actually beat up on teams. And people don't realize it, but, like, Rubio's such a good decision maker. He puts the balls in the hand of the of the hot person. Yeah, I'm pr- I actually really like how that team is built. I think they're going to surprise people. Um, I'm not worried about the Nuggets. I don't know. I think they're going to be fine. Uh, okay, let's let's end with the biggest potential question of all these. The thing that I'm the most unsure about. And that is the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I've been very impressed by them. I think that they have the rookie of the year in Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I think that they have a really good like starting lineup or a really good game ending lineup of Fox Heald, Halliburton, <coughs> Barnes and Holmes. And I'm surprised by how well a couple of those guys are playing and just how well they're all playing together and I think they're they have like a identity which I like and I don't know I mean it would be it would be improbable if the Kings made the playoffs but I also Not only do I think that they're good, but unlike the Pacers and Spurs, I see avenues for them to improve throughout the season. You know, it makes sense that uh, they would be better in March than they are now to me. That just makes sense. I look at, you know, Heald hasn't been shooting lights out. He can really catch fire. Uh... And Fox can improve as a shooter as well. But he can also, I think Fox has potential to be one of those guys who 
even though he plays so fast, just post crazy assisted turnover ratios. Like you look at Mike Conley, another really fast guy. And that's who I think Fox should be watching a little bit more so than I think he is probably a closet John Wall fanboy. I think that's probably who he's emulating. You know, obviously Westbrook too, he emulates. But Wall was a great assisted turnover guy. But I think that Fox has capacity to really be like Mike Connolly in that respect. Um Yeah, I'm I've been impressed by the Kings. Been impressed by the Jazz. And I've been impressed by the Rockets for showing up and fighting the good fight. It's really a shame because they're a guy away. It's like if they had instead of traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, if they had kept if they had you know what, I don't I guess the problem was trading for Chris Paul. It's like that was not necessarily they always needed a guy like Christian Wood. They always needed a guy like that. And now they have a guy like that. And now they need a guy like they need a almost a guy like Bojan Bogdanovic on the Jazz. Like that would be they need a guy like that. And even somebody like Danilo Gallinari would, you know, be a huge help on uh on the Rockets and now they just they just need one shooter and they don't have it. I mean someone like Chris Paul could be that too, but yeah, I mean Chris Paul <laughs> you know the Rockets really I don't know whose fault it is. I mean we all kind of do, but it's just sad, man, cuz now that they have James Harden and and Christian Wood playing together, you go uh, this was the center they needed the whole time. A guy, by the way, I was saying this, a guy who can shoot threes and protect the rim and dunk and, you know, just like a do-it-all center. I mean, I was always saying that Sabonis and uh, James Harden would be perfect together. I mean, you know, Giannis can't shoot threes, but Giannis would also be an ideal running mate center for James Harden as stated. Towns is another guy who would have been great with Harden. But, yeah, you know, I'm very curious what will happen with the Rockets because it's going to be a frustrating, grueling season. But it's also a shame because Harden and Wood are great together. I mean, the only hope, the only hope are the two Wildcats. The Wildcards are the Wildcats, and that's Cousins and Wall. And that would be sick if... Either of those guys or if both of those guys could regain some of their form. But I wouldn't bet on that. I don't know. I doubt Bavada lets you short most improved candidates. But if they do, I would not short. Yeah, I would short, I guess, uh, Wall and Cousins. I don't there's some there's some wisdom in this, but oh, let's say the last thing. This is the last thing I want to talk about that everybody in the world is wrong about, and it's certainly not available to be bet on on Bovada, which is a shame because you should be allowed to bet on this. The whole world is gonna look back five years from now and be like, "Why were we so hard on Lori Laughlin?" I know it has nothing to do with basketball. But it's absurd and it's worth mentioning. 
people are reveling in Lori Laughlin's punishment. Everybody's like, Lori Laughlin. <laughs> people think she deserved the chair, basically. People are like, Lori Laughlin only served two months for bribing a person to go to <laughs> bribing a person to put her kid in USC. Lori Laughlin. She got two months. She she did two months in jail during COVID for Photoshop. That is more than enough. Like, what a bunch of tattletale snitches you guys are that you think that your hill to die on is that Lori Laughlin needs more jail time. Two months in a COVID jail plus all the humiliation in America, that's not enough for you? What do you want? Her to be tarred and feathered and dropped off in Iceland and have to find her way back home? Like, this is absurd. And did you guys not know that people were bribing their way into colleges? Did you guys go to college? Next time you're at a college, look at the names on the buildings of the college. Because every single name of every single building, there is a kid at that school with that last name, and they are the dumbest kid in their grade. At Tulane, we had the Richardson Hall, Richardson Hall, <coughs> named after some rich guy named Richardson, and there was a Richardson at our grade, and they were not, they couldn't have gotten the same SAT scores as everyone else. It's just, that's what, so why are you okay with billionaires buying their kids into schools with buildings? I guess everybody can use a building, and, you know, all the people that went to UFC, USC to, uh, to watch Lori Laughlin's daughter in a rowing competition, those people feel really cheated. <laughs> I mean, you know what? That's another part of the problem. Is You don't think there's an inherent racism to giving scholarships for rowing and fencing and golfing and skiing and all of these sports where there's, you know, inherent classism that prevents most people from competing. So I don't care that Lori Laughlin's daughter took a rowing scholarship from a more deserving person. I don't care at all because that scholarship was going to go to an over, like, you know, Janet, Janet Huber from Fresh Prince slammed Lori Laughlin for her privilege. Who was that crew scholarship going to? that was not of that same socioeconomic uh, class, group, category. All right, that's enough. I, yeah, you know what? If you enjoy the podcast, send a nice tweet or Instagram message to Lori Laughlin. Congratulate. She did two months in a COVID prison or in prison during COVID, but same thing. Um, so... <laughs> If you can go on Bavada and bet on Lori Laughlin to survive the apocalypse, that's one thing I would do for sure because she's going to do that shit in her sleep.